Welcome to Lost in Revision. All of our content is public domain, literature, fairy tales, and folklore. Our goal is to at least break even to cover our expenses. So any support that you can offer to help us reach that goal helps keep this podcast going and you entertained. All of our music is by Nathan Hubble and is used with his permission. Thanks and enjoy the show. Chapter 13 The Breakup of the Big Onion Camp Part 4 All of the men in camp knew of the big dinner to be given on the morrow, and so all of them had decided to save up a good appetite for it by eating nothing until it should be put on the table. Thus, having no meals except the one grand one to think about, All the cooks worked with special effort all that night and half the next day in preparing their masterpiece. Through the long hours, the fire tenders industriously piled wood on their roaring fires. Kettles steamed. Spit boys grew red as beets from the heat as they turned thousands of sizzling roasts of bear ham and deer haunch. Oven doors clanged and Cooks and pot rustlers dashed hither and yon with tireless energy. The air was so full of wonderful odors that not a man in camp slept that night, but each just lay back in his bunk, spread his face in a broad grin of delicious anticipation, and inhaled the matchless smells that every breath brought to him. The blower had been turned on full blast, and it worked overtime in bringing its great load of appetizing aroma from the kitchens to the bunkhouse. As the time drew towards noon the next day, the men began to get restless and finally began to congregate before the big doors of the mess hall. So fast did the crowd grow that within a few moments the last comers were several miles away though they had pushed as close as they could get. There were so many men in Paul's camp that only once did he ever try to count them. That time the government had asked him for a census of his camp, and so he put a special counting crew out through the camp to find out how many men there were. They had little success, though, as the men were going and coming all the time and mixed up the counting crew so badly that they all lost track of what they were doing. Paul finally got a pretty accurate set of figures by counting the number of flapjacks that were made each morning for breakfast. Figuring an average of 60 hotcakes per man, he was able to estimate very closely the total number of men in his camp. He knew that all were sure to be on hand when the flapjacks were served, just as how every man was present for the big Sunday dinner. At last, the cooks began testing the big soup hose, and the doors were thrown open. The men poured in like water, rushing through a broken dam, and every man was in his place as the soup hose began to squirt the first course. Such a whisper of soup sipping as rushed through the place as the men began to ply their spoons. It was like the sound of a gale blowing through the branches of a pine woods. By the time the soup bowls were pushed aside, heavily loaded trains began to move along the tracks between the rows of tables, and from the cars the waiters expertly slid filled plates before the men. 
as these plates were about six feet across and loaded with all the food that could be piled on them, it was no easy task to slide them safely into place. In Paul's camp, only the steadiest and the strongest men were able to work as waiters. As the men ate, the sound of crackling partridge bones made one think of a forest of bee trees assailed by a band of splinter cats. The trains and waiters passed back and forth many times, and every time an empty plate could be seen, another filled one was passed down to take its place. Such appetites did they have, and so wonderful was the food served them, that the men ate five times as long as they had ever eaten before, and at last there was no sound around the tables except that of hard breathing. Then, one by one, they staggered to their feet, waddled slowly toward the bunkhouse, and climbed into their bunks, where they fell back in a delightful stupor. A week or so later, after they had come to life again, and when all were on their feet once more, Paul Bunyan hesitated no longer about breaking camp. He passed each man his paycheck, and away they all went, straggling along with their turkeys on their shoulders, all able to talk of nothing except the great Sunday dinner which had marked the end of the Big Onion Camp. Paul gathered together all the bales of tools and other equipment which had been packed up ready for removal, loaded them on Babe's back, and set off for his farm and family. He was accompanied only by the seven axemen, the little chore boy, and faithful Ollie, and just a few others from his great crew of followers. Thanks for joining us today. Check us out on Patreon. You can help us meet our small goal of breaking even and covering our expenses. Your support helps pay for all of the things that podcasting requires and helps keep this show alive and growing. If you can't afford to support us financially, go give us a good review, subscribe or follow, and share with your friends and family. Feel free to fact check us and offer suggestions to make our show better for you. You can also send us an email at lostinrevisionpodcast at gmail.com. There's a lot more waiting for us all at the end of the road.